Better Look, the podcast bringing back a personal pop culture recommendation with Ren and Roger. Bird, 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 bird is the word. Welcome everybody to Give It A Look podcast. My name is Roger. I'm here as always with the best co-host in the entire Southern Hemisphere. (laughs) Oh, thanks, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Rin, hey Rin, this is coming out on May 8th. Mate, mate. Mate. What's your, your favourite thing about Straya? I like Medicare. Thank God for Medicare, right? Big I can thing. go to the doctor and it can be free. Yep. There you go. Praise You're not worried me. about breaking your leg and then going to bankruptcy, no. are you? No, exactly. I can just break my leg and just be in pain <laughs> just from that, not from my wallet. <laughs> we have the freedom to break our legs however we please. Correct. What is your favourite thing? I like the superannuation guarantee contribution. Whatever you work at, you're guaranteed your employer as long as they're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, if they're not doing the right thing, maybe give me a call on my business line. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then um, our generation has the benefit of that being the case throughout pretty much our whole lives. wasn't always the case. Lots of other things to appreciate, of course. Sunshine and beaches and kangamaroos. Mm, drop bears. You love yeah. those, especially when Various. they come out of nowhere. I read that someone's most irrational fear was getting bit on the butt by a snake that was in the toilet. Oh, yeah. For me, it's spiders. I always check under the toilet seats. You never know. Nothing like a little nope rope, though. I think once it happens once, you always check. Yeah. So we hope that uh, if you are listening to this in Australia on May 8th, you are celebrating our great country. Well, today on Give It A Look, we have given each other a film that the other person has never seen before, and we're going to get their hot take on it. So my recommendation to you, Rin, was 2017's Lady Bird, starring Saoirse Ronan. Now, this film somehow, very subtly and sneakily, became one of my favourites. This is the directorial debut of Greta Gerwig, who herself had some time in the limelight as an actress and has transitioned into directing now. And when I describe it to our audience, you're going to think there's nothing really new there, but it's the way it's put together and its competency that really makes a big difference. So Lady Bird is basically a year in the life of Christine Ladyberg McPherson, who's a Sacramento teenager in her senior year at a uh, Catholic school, going through general senior year things, including looking at colleges, trying to figure out how to get into the one that she wants to do, figuring out friendships and boys, the good guy versus the bad guy, playing her parents off each other and being a bit of a brat. She's mm. uh, she's quite a bratty character and half of the film is is kind of about life kicking her around a bit and, and her realising that she can't just do everything without consequence. And I think that's a really important part of growing up when you realise that the things you do and the things you say actually have an effect on people and have an effect mm-hmm. on your parents. There's that old standby of her kind of trying on different roles and trying to fit in with different crowds, which I'm sure we've all done. But I love the way this film is shot because it's like a hundred or so short vignettes, like really short scenes pulled together. It has quite a a breakneck pace. Sometimes we're arriving at scenes in the middle of conversations, but then we kind of get to hear the most important things. It's very pithy and very fast. Gerwig writes dialogue incredibly. 
And that's been her strength as a writer and director so far. Like Everything that's spoken in this film sounds really, really natural, like it's part of a real conversation. Mm. What were your opening thoughts on Lady Bird? I really like this film. It would have been something I think we would have studied in high school if it was around. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those mm. films like you can really analyse because I have like a bazillion notes. It was very easy for me to kind of pick up on things. I think Lady Bird is like perfectly imperfect. Even optically, we see like she has this red hair that just, you know, doesn't fit the mould of quotation normal society. I was reading that it was important for them to not overly make up her face. They wanted to show her acne scarring to actually show that's a part of also being a teenager is having blemishes and things like that. You don't see that on a lot of movies. Like they just want to make, you know, everyone look Hollywood amazing. She calls herself Lady Bird. Like she's trying to make her own name for herself in the world. Using the word bird as well, to me kind of signifies like, you know, birds are meant to be free and moving. And that's kind of the direction she wants to go to. She wants to apply for schools over in the East Coast around New York, where there's like a big culture buzz and things like that. Very enjoyable. It was confronting in scenes as well, especially the relationship she has between her mother. You can see that there's love there between the two. No hatred as such, but it's like, contempt maybe, Mm. um, a bit of angst between the two. They're not on the same page, like, at all. Mm. And there's a scene that kind of broke my heart where they're shopping and she's saying to her mum, like, oh, I wish you liked me. She's like, oh, what do you mean? Of course I love you. And she's like, no, I wish you liked me. Her mum just didn't really respond to that, you know. Yeah, you love your child, but do you like your child? Like, do you like her for who she is as well? We deal with a few other themes throughout the film. She starts to date Danny she kind of discovers later that he's actually gay and Mm. he harbours a lot of shame about that. Keeping in mind, this movie was also set around the early, like, you know, 2002, 2003, so people still weren't that forthcoming about their sexuality. He came from a very religious, like, Catholic upbringing as well, so he just felt a lot of shame and he was probably also using Lady Bird as kind of like a beard, I suppose. Mm. Maybe put the scent off from his family. Just a lot of different kind of nooks and crannies in this movie that you can kind of dive into. It was nice to see Beanie Feldstein as well, who's uh, Jonah Hill's sister, who is also hilarious. She's fantastic in this film. I could talk about this movie for a long time, I think. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Saoirse is a star and has been a star for a long time. She's one of the finest actresses of her generation and I still think her best work's in front of her. She won a Golden Globe for this. The film also won a Golden Globe for best musical or comedy, as weird as those (laughs) categories are with the Golden Globes. Nominated for a few Oscars as well, but didn't win Mm. any of them. Laurie Metcalf, who plays her mother, I think is also great. Mm. You're right in saying that they're not on the same page at all. In the very first scene, we see her mother is the type of person who, you know, makes the bed at a motel. She's very put together and Mm. you find out that she obviously had a a troubled relationship with her mother who was an abusive alcoholic. And yeah, it's really a portrait of someone trying to love their kid when their kid is not being very likeable. Yeah. You see parts where 
they are very close and then you see parts where they just can't stand each other, like to be in the same room as each other. Gerwig said that this film was about learning to love where you came from and Mm. you get the sense from Christine that she just wants to get out of the West Coast. Yeah. She's just completely over the small town Mm. and the school and and whatnot. But, you know, with every change that you make, you find that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. And I get the impression that because her parents are like older parents as well. So I'm going to assume like they probably struggled to conceive, hence why she's got an adopted older brother as well. So perhaps they're also very protective of her. Her dad, they kind of have their own little secrets going on, like applying for financial aid. And But one thing that I really didn't like was, you know, her mother was, oh, you're never going to get a good enough job. You're such a burden. You cost so much. That's not nice to tell your child. And then there's that scene where she kind of goes, well, tell me how much, because I'm going to make enough money one day to pay you back. That was really gut-wrenching. Yeah, that's one of the best scenes in the film. Mm. So much young talent here. You mentioned Mm Beanie Feldstein as as her best friend. We have Lucas Hedges playing like the good guy. He's done some incredible work in his Mm. short career. Everyone's favourite it boy at the moment, Timothy Chalamet, is here as the bad boy, Kyle. Fuck boy. And he's such a wanker. (laughs) He's such a wanker. (laughs) He says he doesn't want to participate in the economy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, do you have a mobile phone? And she's like, no. And he's like, good. Like, you're going to be tracked. That's the thing. She deals with two different guys. She deals with Danny, who was like the good theatre boy, I suppose. Then she deals with Kyle, who hangs out at the Deuce, which is just a parking lot. Nothing exciting. (laughs) He's a real asshole, And I've written this quote down. He's quoted, you're choosing to be upset. Oh, my God. No. Gaslighter. Watch out. Red flag. I I think most of the second half of this film, the world kind of collapses in on Lady Bird. You know, she Mm. has this horrible relationship. Her bluffs start to get cold, basically. She pretends to live in the rich part of town to make friends with people and then Mm -hmm. they find out. So I guess it's about facing up to what you've done sometimes, which mm. is what did um what were your thoughts on the aesthetic of this film? Because I found it really comfortable going back to like two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Like a lot of the things just were so common to us. I think you know writing down phone numbers on hands and the TV and the cars and tapes and all that. I was like, oh, that makes me feel like nostalgic, and it's really nice. Yeah, it doesn't have like a super strong sense of place, but that's because it, it's just there. It doesn't make a big mm. deal about the fact that it's in 2002. No. Probably the most blatant thing you get is quite a few cutaways to the commentary on the Iraq war. Mm. You know, this film has become comfort food for me. I remember saying to someone, I think I could watch this film every day for a year and not get no, sick right. of it wow. because it just goes down great. Mm. It's so well-paced. Mm. It's a very um, American film, admittedly, yeah. because over this way, tertiary education is quite different, the approach in terms of being sponsored by the Commonwealth. You know, saving for college or scholarship or whatever is such a big mm. thing in America. It's such an mm. all-in thing that the family has to do and has to provide for their child. And often there is a movement to mm. one of the 50 states, not just six or however many we mm. have. I think it's the best cinematic use of Dave Matthews' band Crash Into Me as well, which comes up a bit. The the music's really good. I was looking at Miguel and I was like, "Mm, he looks really familiar to me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm pretty sure he played a character called, I I think it was Jai on Home and Away. (laughs) Righto. Yeah, years ago when I used to watch Home and Away. (laughs) So So there's a little bit of Aussie flavour in there. 
Yeah. The class thing as well. She's in a working class family and her mum's always on her back about keeping up appearances because mm. they don't want to be seen as cheap. Her dad loses her job and she keeps saying, you've got friends that could employ your dad and they, mm. they're not going to come anywhere near us mm. if you keep acting up or you get suspended from school or whatever you're doing. There's a lot going on, but it, it mm. never feels overwhelming. It feels like little diary entries from arguments mm. and from moments of absolute ecstasy or just little bits of fun. My favourite shot in the whole film is when Lady Bird and her friends, they get high on Thanksgiving and they're, they're oh, yes. and eating in the kitchen or something in the kitchen. <laughs> and her mum comes in and, and all they do, the camera's completely still, but they all like mm. bunch up to one on side the of the side, kitchen yeah. like lemmings and start giggling. Yeah. It's yeah. just a beautiful, naturalistic kind of shot. This made Greta Gerwig one of my favourite directors almost mm. instantly. I, I never thought I would be hyped for a Barbie film. But Greta mm. Gerwig's Barbie film, I'm completely down. I can't wait to see what she makes of it. <laughs> um, question, here we go. Yeah. During like the theatre production scenes, was that reminding you of when you were doing High School Musical at your school? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was a theatre kid and yep. it was good fun and it was always great it. to see it was people, great. Yeah, people <laughs> give stuff a go that they weren't familiar with and... You know, Lady Bird finds that she really likes it, but then, of course, once she gets with Kyle, she kind of pulls the brakes on that. And, of course, there's the classic teacher crush subplot as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all been there. So, you know, there, there'll be something here for everyone. If you can't get on board with, say, the tense relationship with the mother, you'll get on board with some other formative experience. I went through a stage where I was watching a lot of, you know, coming-of-age drama mm. comedies and, and this was was one of the best. I love this film. I love this film. Yeah. I'm going to say give it a look because I really enjoyed it. I think it's interesting because I watched it and then it was one of those films I thought about afterwards and, you know, things kind of click in a bit more and make mm. sense. Easy to watch as well. There wasn't massive battle scenes or something going on. It was just cruisy. Give it a look. And if you do want to give it a look, you guys can watch it on Binge. Hey everyone, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our new friends at ZeroCo. ZeroCo make incredible home cleaning and personal care products conveniently delivered direct to your door, minus all the single-use plastic. They're Australian made and owned, all their products are plant-based and feature carbon negative delivery. The way it works is super simple. You order, ZeroCo deliver, you return their reusable liquid pouches and ZeroCo refill them. It's like the milkman reimagined. If you're new to ZeroCo, use our affiliate link in the episode description and get yourself one of their convenient starter kits. Not only will you be cutting down on household waste and helping clean up our oceans, beaches and landfill, you'll also be supporting this podcast. ZeroCo, give single-use plastic the flick. Cool. Moving on to my recommendation for the week, I gave you Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. I really loved this film when I first saw it, 2008, me at the cinema with my girlfriends. It's based on the books by Louise Renison. The first two books, we meet Georgia Nichols. She's 14. She's got a girl group. She's planning her 15th birthday and she wants it to be really cool and she wants to fit in and things like that. These two new fraternal twins turn up to their school and they all gush over the new guys. I guess it's 
maybe not coming of age as such, but it's kind of like teenage rom-com as such. We meet Georgia, her and her best friend Jazz fall in love with these twins. Jazz is really keen on Tom and Georgia's really keen on Robbie and, you know, she's like, oh, Robbie, wow, you're so fit. Turns out he's got uh, <laughs> he's got a girlfriend, Lindsay, who is the most popular girl at school mm. and a bit of a slag, uh, apparently, according to these girls. We kind of just go through that journey of Georgia trying to get Robbie's attention and there's lots of shenanigans, you know, where we see her using her cat Angus to try and woo over Robbie by saying, oh, I've lost my cat. There's arguments with friends and there's themes of wanting to fit in and be cool and accepted. And I really enjoy this film. What were your opening thoughts? Yeah, this film feels like a celebration of those really awkward teenage years. It is yep. pitched um, a 100%. couple of years younger than Lady Bird that we've just discussed. Mm. And rather than American, this film is so very, very British. You can tell it was a female director as well. Mm. Like All the experiences feel very specific to, yeah. to girls of that kind of 15. It was Gorinda Charter who did Dependent Like Beckham, which has just turned 20 years old, which makes me feel old AF. So <laughs> Spot on. And yeah, Georgia's just another girl going through a reinvention as mm. is pretty normal in those years. I wasn't uh, sure about the use of the voiceover at first, but the plot kind of kicked into gear eventually. Uh, a couple of thoughts. It, it dawned on me, kids of this age, they don't sound like this anymore at all. No. no. Like there is a certain sound to how a conversation between 14 and 15 year olds in mm. 2006 went and it's very different nowadays. Yeah. Fringes are everywhere. Yeah. The fashion is very different. You've got, you know, vests being worn with t-shirts <laughs> and just fringes and bangs everywhere. It- I love the opening scene where they're at like a costume party and <laughs> they're all supposed to be like hors d'oeuvres and she comes in as like an olive and the other girls all come as like a bit more d- dressed up as such and they're like, oh, you know, Boys don't like girls that have a laugh. Oh, no, I think she looks amazing as an olive. Like, being that age, like, you would have been like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. But right now, like, if I was to dress up and be an olive, like, that would be quite comfortable, I think. Be cosy. And the fact that George is the oldest in her family is pretty significant because, again, the film is so distinct in that feeling Mm. of looking around you and realising everyone around you is lame. You know, mm-hmm. your little sister, your parents, you just want to break out. Yeah. And however that happens, you know, whether it is the new boys in town, the cringe was not lost on me when, you know, 14-year-old <laughs> girls are describing 16-year-old boys as sex gods or whatever. Yeah. We all did it. We all we, said those we things. All did we it. all thought we knew what we were talking about. We thought we knew. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Some um, of the British expressions in this are quite good. They talk about, oh, this girl's from Bulgaria or, you know, I am so beyond the valley right now. <laughs> um, so this is where I discovered the band Scaling for Girls because yeah. the, the playlist for this movie is really great. You have songs like She's So Lovely by Scaling for Girls. Then you got The Show by Lenka. Even there's a naive cover by Lily Allen as well, which is really lovely. We've got the Stiff Dillons as well, who sing Ultraviolet. Um, Real band. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just cranking that song on my iPod Nano and it just gave you the feels because you're just like, this is me, relatable, this is my age, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Again, it's the age where whoever you were crushing on, Mm. like that person 
just had the ability to absolutely make or break your life. And you, know, oh, you were and, thinking about every single interaction. Yeah. And Aaron Taylor-Johnson, we were just like, oh, my God, he is so hot, you know. <laughs> he had that, remember that was the, the era of like the side fringe for guys, like the Bieber hair kind of yes. swept across and everyone had it. I'm sure you've probably had it as well. <laughs> Uh, I had more like Beatles hair at that Beatles. Age, whatever. <laughs> and and he's a cat man as well. That's a tick in my box. Plays tick. Things. But yeah, it, it's all about embracing the cringe. Mm. There's a scene in here where Georgia goes to a, to a kissing coach. Oh, and, yes. Um, Peter. It made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. But I just thought, look, I'm here now. I have to strap in and have a bit of a, a nervy bee, as they say. <laughs> and also that tension that can happen in a friend group where one of you is kind of growing up maybe mm. quicker than the others, maybe, you know, they're in their first relationship or whatever and, and yep. sometimes the fights and the cattiness. Absolutely. And I think that's happened to a lot of us as well, like because uh, you don't like change and especially when it's like to do with your friends because you're like, we're going to be best friends forever and mm. this isn't going to change and then things do, you know. Yeah, yeah, boyfriends or girlfriends or jobs or new friends that come on the horizon. Yeah, mm. That's the thing. you got to roll with the punches. you got to... Except you life, right? the punches and sometimes you just got to play air guitar in a boatyard, you know. Correct. Really oh, that's all right, it. you know, and do it really, really badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, the cringe. Did it bring the a film, smile to your face, you know? Well, that's, that's the thing. The, the film yeah. is so winning that I, I couldn't help but admire it in just committing to something, yeah, very specific but doing it really well. Mm. And I guess you might say it is – an underdog story at its heart and I think mm. everyone likes that. Everyone likes the misfit who mm. wins the day in whatever I think, way um, it might look. You know, there's that scene where she like is shaving her eyebrows with the razor. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. It's all about having a laugh oh, in uh, at their misfortune, knowing that it was yours at one point. Everyone wants to be chosen. Everybody mm. wants to be made something special. And and like mm -hmm. I said, it's the age where you're trying to break out of something that you see is completely lame. Georgia, like yeah. all of us, will will kind of just take what she can get. And um, yeah. it's a sweet ending as well. Everyone kind of gets paired up and I was having a good old laugh at, <laughs> at the inevitability of it all. Everyone, everyone likes a good ending. And what a great party. Oh, my God. She's like, I want my party in a club. And they're like, um... Well, you're only turning 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's great that her mum was played by one of the cast members of the sketch show, which used to have Lee Mack and Tim Vine and yeah. a couple of other great uh, mm -hmm. British comics on it. Alan Davies as well. Alan Davies, who, yeah. Who's in Jonathan Creek and QI and, you know, things like that. I mean, it, it's no classic, but it's so sickly sweet and, like I said, commits to such a specific cringy part of life that mm. it, it was very hard to um, dislike it. So yeah. I'm going to give this, uh, give it a look rating and if you wanted to check it out, it's now streaming on Stan. Excellence. Well, that's us done for another week. If you have something to say about Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging or Ladybird, maybe you've just watched them for the first time and you want to spill the beans, where can people find us on social media, Rin? Yep, so on Insta and Twitter. You can find us at Give It A Look Pod. Uh, and if you want to email us, give it a look one at outlook.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like, share, 
with all your friends as well because um, that would really help. Send the smoke signals, send the Vuvuzela, send the cavalry. We are off on a break for a while. We don't do this show year-round. We have kind of decided to do it in blocks and then focus on other things just to keep things fresh and fun. So we are going to be back at some point in August. Please keep an eye on our socials for more info. But, of course, our full back catalogue is available on your favourite streaming service. If, if you miss us, send us a little love heart. Have a little listening party, (laughs) whatever's good. I just want to say a quick thank you again to M Squared Productions for all their work on mastering our episodes and really going above and beyond in a a busy season for them. Did you have any special mentions or anything, Rin? I just want to say thank you to everyone who does interact with us on our socials. We really appreciate it. It's really lovely and it's nice to get the feedback and have that support as well. So that's really appreciated. And if you can keep that engagement, that would be really great as well. We really do appreciate it, as Rin said. So in August, we shall see ye, Rin, signing off. A cookie a day keeps the sadness away. An entire jar of cookies a day brings it all back. All right, everyone. Ciao, ciao.